Mozambique calls for international aid as a tropical cyclone tracks towards the country. We expect widespread rainfall and very large amounts of rainfall over the coming few days, possibly in the region of 700 or even more millimetres of rainfall. Calling all budding weather enthusiasts. Here's your opportunity to play a small part in meteorological history. My goodness, this one's from 1861 in beautiful ink handwriting. Yep, some of them are actually in Fitzroy's handwriting. Yep, he was our founder. And when will this windy spell of weather come to an end? As a strong and zonal jet stream reasserts itself across the Atlantic, expect sustained blustery spells on Thursday and Friday. It's Wednesday the 13th of March and you're listening to Weathersnap from the Met Office. Hello, I'm Claire Nazir and you're listening to Weathersnap, an insider's guide to the week's weather brought to you direct from Met Office HQ. Cyclone I-Day is expected to make huge impacts on Mozambique as it makes landfall later today. Many parts of the country are under red alert as this huge storm brings the risk of devastating rain and damaging winds. Joining me is tropical prediction scientist Julian Hemming. So Julian, tell me what's happening right now off the coast of East Africa. Well, we have a cyclone called Idai, which is currently located in the Mozambique Channel between Madagascar and Mozambique. And we're expecting that cyclone, which is very intense at the moment, to possibly even intensify further and make landfall over Mozambique, maybe late Thursday or into Friday. How unusual is a cyclone at this time of year in this part of the world? Well, we are currently in the uh, season for cyclones in the South Indian Ocean. They happen right across the Indian Ocean, right from uh, Australia across to Africa. The ones that form in the Mozambique Channel and actually make landfall over Mozambique are relatively unusual. And in fact, when this one makes landfall in a day or so's time, it'll probably be the strongest that has been making landfall over Mozambique for at least 12 years and possibly even longer than that, depending on how strong it is. So what's the nature of this cyclone? At landfall, there will be strong winds near the very centre of the storm and also a storm surge, which means there could be some coastal flooding. But uh, probably more significantly, as the storm moves inland, it will weaken, but we expect widespread rainfall and very large amounts of rainfall over the coming few days, possibly in the region of 700 or even more millimetres of rainfall. And it's not just there where it makes landfall, it's likely to affect other countries as well. Yes, it's possible. It'll move slowly as it moves inland, so uh, Mozambique is the country most at threat, but uh, other countries, such as Malawi, further inland, may uh, also be under threat. So, Julian, finally, when will the worst be over for this part of the world? Well, landfall is actually going to occur late Thursday and into Friday, so the most significant impacts from wind and the storm surge will be over fairly quickly after that. But we do expect the rain to continue for several days, right through the weekend and into next week. So in terms of the flooding impacts, they could well last uh, well into next week. Julian Hemming, thank you very much. As part of this week's British Science Week, a project called Operation Weather Rescue is inviting members of the public to get involved in the digitisation of old weather records, many dating back over 150 years. Dr Catherine Ross, Met Office archivist, is involved in the project and explained how it works. All modern forecasts and climate research is driven by data, which is gathered by weather stations, remote sensors and satellites. These days, all that data is gathered by computer and digitally, but when formal forecasting began in the 1860s, it was all gathered by hand and written down. 
Now, to get a better understanding of our climate, the scientists need as much data as they can get their hands on, and that needs to be in digital format so it can be fed into computerised models like we have here at the Met Office. While many written observation records have been digitised, there are still millions that haven't, and that's where we need the public to get involved. So, Catherine, how does this system actually work? OK, so it's actually really easy. All you need to do is log on to the Weather Rescue website. OK, let me do that now. Right, and so we're picking up an image of uh, an old weather record. My goodness, this one's from 1861 in beautiful ink handwriting. Yep, some of them are actually in Fitzroy's handwriting. Yeah, he was our founder. That's an incredible piece of history. Yeah, it's really nice. So what we want people to do with these is collect a couple of really important bits of data. That's, that's the pressure and the temperature. Um, and the website will lead everybody through just how to do that. So what the website asks you first is, does a certain location, so you've got Yarmouth coming up here, does that appear on your piece of paper? So if it does, that's great. You just say yes. Right. Um, and then it will ask you to enter the pressure data. So here, say, the pressure for Yarmouth on this particular day was 29.65. Put that in, bang. Yep. And then the temperature, the second column, which was 23 Celsius. Yep, so you put both yeah. of those in, that's fine, all done and dusted. Um, and then you enter the rainfall, if it's there, that comes later on, so some of the early records don't have rainfall in there. And then press done and finished. Yep, and that's it, a new record entered. Quick, easy and really helpful to all of the climate scientists. That's so simple, isn't it? But how do you find outliers? That's the thing. Some weather records are a bit biased. Some places may be indirect sunlight, etc. And I presume the computer model will be able to analyse that and see where things are a bit skewed. Yes, yeah, so that's actually where collecting all this depth of data really comes in because you know individual readings can be affected in some way or other but if we can really get a real depth of data or as much as we can possibly get then we can smooth it realize what's slightly off take that out of the equation and then we actually get some really reliable data that we can feed into the climate models I love the way we're all getting involved in just adding value to our climate models and, you know, I've got a weather station in my garden. My daughter loves it, seeing the temperature <laughs> going up and down and the pressure as well. But this has been going back for such a long time. It's a piece of history. Yeah, absolutely. You know, 1861 onwards, we've got this data. It's all sitting in the archive, but this is where we need people to help us, you know, just get all of this data out there so that we can all use it. If you want to get involved in Operation Weather Rescue, details of the website are included on our podcast show notes. Storm Gareth caused widespread wind damage and disruption to travel earlier on this week. It seems that there is no end to this windy weather, with more blustery conditions expected through the rest of the working week. Is there any calmer weather on the horizon? Here's operational meteorologist Emma Smith. After such a windy spell of weather, we are now looking at signs that the winds will eventually ease. However... As a strong and zonal jet stream reasserts itself across the Atlantic, it will continue to drive unsettled weather across the UK. So the rest of the working week is looking lively, with further strong winds and gusty conditions. In a nutshell, expect sustained, blustery spells on Thursday and Friday, with rain or showers possible. And then we focus our attention to the south into the weekend. Wet and windy conditions will bring a spell of often heavy rain to England and Wales. It will be showery in the north on Saturday and less breezy. 
There'll be further showers for most on Sunday, and by then, the whole country will be under a colder airstream from the north. So it'll be a chilly day, with increasing risk of frost into the beginning of next week. It is going to be settled into the start of the new working week. Plenty of sunshine around, but it is going to be chilly still. Operational meteorologist Emma Smith. And now here's Martin Bowles with last week's highs and lows. Here are your weekly extremes. The highest maximum temperature of the week was 15 Celsius on Wednesday the 6th of March at Pershaw in Worcestershire. The lowest minimum temperature was minus 6.9 Celsius on Tuesday the 5th of March at Aboyne in the Highlands of Aberdeenshire. The most rainfall in one day was 52 millimetres on Wednesday the 6th of March at Libanus in Powys. The brightest day was on Tuesday the 5th of March at Stornoway in the Western Isles where the sun shone for 9.7 hours. Martin, many thanks. Before we go, the Mostly Weather Met Office podcast is out tomorrow. This time it's all about scientist James Lovelock, father of the Gaia theory and all-round big climate brain. He's really been an example to us all about how to really be able to fight against the consensus to come up with new ideas. And I think that's why he's got two or three ideas that would be enough for a lifetime for anybody else. Do make a date with the Mostly Weather panellists. That's it for Weathersnap. I'm Claire Nazir. And producer was Adrian Holloway. Do join us next time. Weathersnap is a podcast by the UK Met Office.